milk minute milk minute milk minute yeah this is maureen farrell and heather o'neill and this is the milk minute we're midwives and lactation professionals bringing you the most up-to-date evidence for all things lactation so you can feel more confident about feeding your baby body positivity relationships and mental health plus we laugh a little or a lot along the way so join us for another episode. Welcome to the Milk Minute Podcast, everyone. Hi, we're back. We're back and we're going to talk about nipples today. We're back in the studio <laughs> and we're waiting on our pizza to get here. Oh, we really ordered a pizza, pizza with spinach and artichokes on it. because No, you we can... did red peppers and artichokes. Oh, roasted red peppers and better. artichokes. Because you can do stuff like that when you don't have to order a pizza for your children. I was just thinking that when we were ordering it. I was like, oh, it doesn't have to be cheese or pepperoni. Oh, my God. We got to order an adult <laughs> pizza. So be excited oh. for us. We're really, really feeling ourselves today. And we just have to order one, too. We don't have to order, like, eight separate pieces for our husbands. Right. Or or one small <laughs> gluten-free one for the neighbor. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> Which is fine. And I'm that happy to do that. so it's, much less complicated. I've never ordered such a simple pizza before. No. But anyway, very pumped for us. Um, today, we're going to talk about nipple piercings, which is very exciting. And, you know, I would say we get this question at least every two weeks. We get it, real, like, surprisingly often. I guess more people decided to pierce their nipples than I imagined. Yeah. And, you know, I I bet this comes in waves. You know, like, I don't know anyone like who's between the ages of 32 <laughs> and 40 who does not have a hole where a belly button ring used to be. You know, <laughs> like that that 90s, early 2000s time was a heavy belly button ring time. I did I did not get a belly button ring, but I did have an eyebrow and a lip piercing. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. You still have a lip piercing. I do, but I don't really put jewelry in it anymore. Why? Um, you know, I don't know. I just took it out one day and I was like, huh. Really? I liked it. Didn't put it back in. The hole is still there. (laughs) (laughs) Does that one close up? You know, I don't know. It really hasn't. My eyebrow closed up pretty quick, but, um, I don't know. Let's quickly talk about all the piercings we've ever had and the status of them now. (laughs) I also did have a hood piercing. You did? Did? <laughs> Tell yeah, so me I more. Guess I skipped the belly button and went straight to the vulva. <laughs> Whoa. All right. I need the details. Okay. Um, it was my least painful piercing. That makes no sense to me. Because, I don't know, I guess all my nerves are not on the hood. <laughs> well, actually, it was it was really nice. So there, I got it in college, obviously. <laughs> um, and a bunch of my friends and I went to go get piercings when I went to Oberlin. So we had to go, like, drive to Cleveland or something, you know. Um, and I talked to this piercer for a while because I was like, you're going to be staring straight up my vagina, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like I want to feel comfortable with you and he was super nice and he explained the whole thing and he was like, you know, so here's the tool I use that protects all your other tissues so like we don't poke your clitoris, you know, that's not the point. <laughs> do some people get a clitoral? I'm sure they piercing? do, but the hood piercing goes on the tissue just above your clitoris and then um the jewelry like just touches your clitoris. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is it yay or nay? It was yay for a while. 
Um, but anyway, so that was actually really nice. And he was like super calm and sweet and was just like very, you know, like, okay, like, is it okay if I touch you now? Here's what we're getting. You know, is okay. Are you ready? One, two, three. And it was, I mean, it's just like such soft tissue. Mm -hmm. Like it's thinner and softer than your earlobe, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was like, bam. Is it like a ring or a bar? Um, it was a curved bar with balls on either end. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they recommended that as like the more comfortable thing to start with. And then you could choose your own adventure. <laughs> 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 but I actually I had it for a couple of years and then I ended up taking it out when I went um, on this like several day bike trip. Oh, if you can imagine. I have a hard time just sitting on a bike anyway, which you can hear yeah. about in our episode where we interview Sonia Looney, <laughs> where I'm just very confused about anyone that spends most of their life straddling a hard Yeah. I thing. used to bike a lot, <laughs> funny enough, um, because I lived in Ohio and it was super flat yeah. and you could like bike 60 miles if you wanted to and it wasn't that hard. You're like hood ring or avid bicyclist. Well, you choose. <laughs> yeah. Like, and honestly, the, so when you first get it, you're like really sensitive, mm-hmm. right? But after you've had it a long time, you don't feel it as much. So kind of like the sensational benefits go away. Um, So it's like still, you know, visually appealing or whatever. Vajazzled. Right, to be vajazzled. Um, (laughs) But also I was just kind of like over it at that point because I was like, okay, it's not like serving me during sex anymore. (laughs) Yeah, it just feels like an extra thing. And then, like, it was uncomfortable on that bike ride, so I took it out and just never put it back. Huh. Well, my um, belly button ring just kept – it got thin. Mm -hmm. Like, the Mm -hmm. skin was very creepy thin where you could, like, feel the bar and it was, like, pushing out after I had Theo. And then Mm -hmm. I got skinny again after I had Theo because I was 25. (laughs) And I was, like, so snapping back. And um, I looked better than ever. And I was like – I'll put it back in. Why not? And so I got it re-pierced deeper, mm. and that was sounded painful. Fine, but yeah. now I have two holes there, and <laughs> it just didn't really help the situation. And then I got pregnant with Heidi at thirty, and things doth yeah. changed after that. <laughs> and now I just would like to. I have smaller goals, and right. none of them include. A belly button ring, but maybe someday. I mean, I think they're pretty on other people, but I just I can barely remember to put in earrings. Much I've less also had umbilical jewelry, right? Umbilical jewelry. <laughs> oh my god! So I've also had um, my cartilage pierced, which never yeah. healed, and I was oh, un- didn't. no, oh. and for six months it still Damn, hurt. I, have I could a bunch not sleep. Of cartilage piercings could not sleep hmm. on that side, so I was like over it. And then I got my nose pierced, yeah, and immediately got a keloid. So I took it out and the keloid resolved. And also I'm a very big nose blower and I just found it so annoying that I couldn't like be very aggressive with nose blowing. Hold on. I have to take my headphones off and count. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have one cartilage piercing on my left ear and then one, two, three, four, five earlobe holes. I think I only have four earrings in right now, though. I don't know what happened to the other one. (laughs) And then, wait, that was my right ear. And then my left ear, I have this really cool one that I've thought about taking out because sometimes it's, it, like, is uncomfortable. But it goes through the, like, what do you call this? The conch of your ear? 
like the round the oracle i don't know i just think of it like a shell like a seashell (laughs) um it goes through there and then also goes through like the tiny little bit of higher earlobe that's next to it yeah it's pretty badass she'll put it on instagram for you it is pretty badass and then i think i have two other lobe holes i don't know i can't can't well i don't have my nipples pierced and i'll tell you why just full disclosure Never really been into nipple play. It yeah, does absolutely I, nothing for me. <laughs> and then I got a boob job. And when you get a boob job, your nipples are often like really hypersensitive, mm-hmm. like pins and needles, like yeah. very not that great for a while. And now it's like I ju- it hurts almost. Mm-hmm. Like if my husband goes to do anything with them, I'm like, meh, skip it. Yeah. Like obviously I know you like that, so I will reciprocate and I will lick your nipple <laughs> if that's what you like, but it does absolutely nothing for me. So the idea of getting a nipple piercing was never yeah. something that crossed my mind. I just um I just didn't think it would be comfortable like day to day wearing shirts and stuff, you know, like Yeah. Um, and bras, and it seemed like that would be uncomfortable but to me. I definitely thought about it. people do love it, though. Yeah. You know, the people that have their nipples pierced that are like, oh, I love nipple play, and it's actually oh, yeah. been really beneficial for my sex life. I'm like, God, that's amazing. Lean into that. Yeah, clearly <laughs> we like piercings over here. I am thinking about getting my nose pierced. I don't know why. Because I'm 32, and I can. You can, I can do, do what I want. whatever you want. <laughs> for now. I mean, God knows. They might pass a law <laughs> saying that you're not allowed to violate your own body anymore oh my goodness anyway standards so yeah we're gonna talk about nipple piercings but you know we just had to do our personal piercing rundown first (laughs) piercing rundown all right it's maureen here and i want to tell you that i have finally set up a link so you can instantly book virtual lactation consults with me Thank the Lord. (laughs) I know, Heather. It took me a long time to take the leap from in-person visits to virtual, but I did it. You're going to love it. I love doing virtual consults. They are the best. It serves more people. I'm so glad you took the plunge. Thank you. And if you guys out there want to book some time with me, you can go to highlandbirthsupport.com and then click on my lactation services tab. Is that H-I-G-H-L-A-N-D? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I will see you on Zoom, everybody. Well, let's thank a couple patrons. Yes. Who may or may not have their nipples pierced. (laughs) Don't, they don't disclose that to us. Well, they're new, so they might. They might later. Um, So I want to thank Brittany and Tara. They are our newest patrons, and we are just so thankful that you guys have joined our community and are stepping up to support us. It means a lot to us. And Brittany's from West Virginia, right? I think so. All right. Yeah. We love our West Virginians. We love all people, but you yes. know, we are slightly um, biased. Yeah. So thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, let's start with a question. Okay. We have a good one today. Alyssa from Delaware, who is a patron. Yay. Alyssa says, I feel like I have a lot of questions and just re-listened to all weaning-related episodes. <laughs> I know. We, most people that are going through weaning yes. run the gamut of all of our weaning episodes yes. because it is a little complicated and we totally understand. She says, totally fine if all if I can't get all my answers right now. We, we did just choose one for the episode, but I promise I answered them all. <laughs> she says, my baby is nine and a half months old and goes to daycare Monday through Friday and usually takes about eight to 12 ounces at daycare depending on the day. 
In general, she's on five to six nursing slash bottle sessions a day, takes four ounce bottles, no bottles when she's home, only breast. So that sounds pretty standard. Mm -hmm. She does eat three meals a day at this point and snacks two most days. Also pretty normal. Mm -hmm. I pretty much pump once or twice at work, about a seven hour day max, and once after she goes to sleep. Also sounds very normal. My question is, how will I know when it's okay to just nurse her outside of daycare hours and drop to one bottle or no bottles of breast milk at daycare? I know after one year old, but just planning ahead. My goal is to breastfeed for the foreseeable future, but would like to stop pumping at work after one, ideally. Hell yeah, everybody does. Um, Yeah, so this is, I, I am at this point almost with my own kid, um, where if I like leave for six hours, I don't pump. Um, and it's taken like two months to get there really. Um, and basically what I recommend is that after one, start offering more water with meals and less milk, um, and encourage baby to drink water and eat more solids while you're gone, you know, and just tell their caretakers, like here, offer them a cup of water first with their meal, and then after, if they still want it, like, maybe offer slightly less milk. Or cow's milk. Some yeah. people want to do that. Some mm-hmm. people don't. It's fine as long as you're still offering something exactly. from you when you get home. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, or you can just straight up substitute the bottles with cow's milk and don't even mess with that. And just whatever you do there, take about a month for your baby to adjust to that. Like, they might not like it. You might have to try a different strategy. But essentially, as soon as baby just no longer routinely drinks bottles of breast milk when you're gone, you can stop pumping. After the age of one. Yeah. You know, but before the age of one, I have a lot of patients who are like, I've got 500 ounces Mm -hmm. in the freezer, which is beyond normal. (laughs) So it's fine, but it's not the standard. Mm -hmm. So this is a situation where they find themselves in sometimes. And they say, am I allowed to use that milk and just stop Uh, pumping at work? Yes. 100% yes. Yes. Like you're very regulated. Pretty much after the nine-month period, you are so established with breastfeeding that some people choose to just nurse in the morning and at night, and they don't pump throughout the day, and they just use the rest of their freezer stash to get them to the age of one. That does mm-hmm. require some math on it your does. part. And if you are pumping a significant amount at work, you know, you require the same amount of time that you would to transition baby away from those breast milk bottles, like to transition yourself, right? So, you know, do what you're comfortable with, but like say, you know, the week after your baby turns one, you're like, what if we dropped one of those breast milk bottles at daycare? And it's really successful. Well, then the next week you could figure out dropping one pump at work, right? And I'm sure if you, Alyssa, listen to all of our weaning episodes, you already know how to do that. But just give yourself a realistic, like, two-month timeline for that. Yeah. You are on your own timeline. Yeah. You know, and and if also if you feel like you pushed it a little too far one week, you can take a step back. Yeah, no problem. You know, pump again at work and then you know, slow down your timeline. It's totally fine. Weaning is a slow process usually. Mm-hmm. Usually. Sometimes not, but usually it is. And we will link all of those episodes in the show notes if you guys are looking at weaning. Weaning. 
Let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor, Aeroflow. Aeroflow is your one-stop shop to get the most popular breast pumps and accessories through your insurance. Yeah, so don't let your insurance go to waste. Why don't you let Aeroflow do all the dirty work for you? You never have to call your insurance when you use Aeroflow, and they remind you when you're eligible for free replacement parts. Yep, so when you're tired in your postpartum period and you're wondering why your pump isn't working as well, you might get a text that says, did you know you need replacement parts? And you say, I did not know that. Right. You push a button and boom, they show up at your door. Thanks, Aeroflow. Thank you so much. Go ahead and check out the link to Aeroflow in our show notes and order your pump through them. If you're pumping milk away from your baby at all, at work, or wherever you go, you deserve a bougie product to make that easier for you. You deserve a series chiller. And frankly, I could not live without one right now. The Series Chiller is an excellent way to store your breast milk safely, and it keeps your breast milk cold for 24 hours. It is the only thing I use to transport my breast milk to and from work. While I'm working, it's got a sleek and beautiful design, lots of great colors, high-quality materials, and manufacturing. Series Chill also has other products that you might want to check out, too. My personal favorite is the Milk Stash. They have a great nipple shield that actually changes colors, and it's not clear like all the other ones. <laughs> and you know how we feel about that. <laughs> um, if you want to have your very own series chiller, please go to the link in our show notes and use code MILKMINUTE15 at checkout. That's MILKMINUTE15 for 15% off your series chill products. Enjoy. Okay, well... Let's move on to nipple piercings. Let's Love do it. it. I'm so excited. This is just going to be a silly fun episode. I hope so. <laughs> okay. So you, you know, got some holes through your nips when you were 18 and now you're having a baby and want to breastfeed. What, what happens next? <laughs> yeah. What do I do with these bad boys? Yeah. So yes, you can breastfeed. However, disclaimer about this episode, we don't really have what we would call evidence uh, about any of this. Just kind of best practices and logical caution, I think is the way I might say that. Right. Um, and some case studies and things like that. Do you want to start with the concerns? Let's start with that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the number one thing that we are thinking about is, has the piercing affected any nerves yeah. that would prevent stimulation for a milk ejection reflex? So when a baby latches on and they start suckling and it releases all the hormones because your brain is like, ooh, something's sucking on my nipple, and it starts that process of the, the big old boob squeeze that squirts your milk out, you know, sometimes we have some nerve damage on the tips of the nipples from a piercing or from breast surgery, yeah. um, you know, previous breast surgery, um, that the nipples basically are not sending that message to the brain. It's like a baby could be suckling and the brain is just kind of like, mm, la, 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 what's <laughs> happening? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. And it's not super common. Um, but if you have nipple piercings and you're like, I have no sensation in my nipples anymore, that's a good thing to talk to a lactation professional about, like, prenatally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the other thing is scarring. Yes. So especially if you, um, like me, had changed <laughs> your mind and then gone back and wanted yeah. to do a re-piercing. This is one of my biggest concerns um, because I've seen it and it can be a problem, right? Because if we have scar tissue in the milk ducts, we're obstructing milk flow. And, you know, yes, that'll lead to low supply and all that, but also a higher incidence of mastitis. Mm -hmm. And um, that's just like a, a really unfortunate place to be. I would say I've I've not really seen this to be a huge issue for 
most of my patients. Um, I would say that the next one probably that I'm going to talk about is more prevalent. But, Mm -hmm. you know, with any prior breast surgery, we want to make sure that there is an outlet for the milk. Yes. If the milk is being made constantly but can't get out, that's a problem that we Mm -hmm. know about pretty quickly. So this is something that you would probably notice very early on in the breastfeeding journey. Um, And, you know, there might even be something you can do about it. I mean, at that point, I would refer to a breast surgeon and be sure like, hey, would. is there anything you can unobstruct for me so I can right. continue on my journey? Um, but obviously, we want to prevent mastitis and abscesses. Yeah, um, and, and those are – you just have a higher incidence of that with any nipple piercings, particularly ones in the last 12 months um, that you, like, got in the last 12 months um, because infections are estimated to occur – in 10 to 20% of nipple piercings during that healing time. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I see most that's like annoying for people is the constant drip. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like uh, sometimes the holes are big enough that and you just have the type of breast and chest flow where the milk just constantly just drips out yeah. of the holes. <laughs> and this is the most common thing that I see too, right? Is people are very worried about breastfeeding and scar tissue. And then it turns out instead, um, they just have extra holes essentially. <laughs> but those holes don't respond to muscular no. <laughs> contraction, you know? So like you have your milk ejection reflex and then it kind of like slows down and becomes more normal. Also, like you'll leak in the beginning normally. And then as your milk regulates, you don't leak as much. Possibly not. If you've got two big holes on each nipple, it might just leak all the time. Right. Which is totally fine for most people. Um, The issue with that sometimes is that it leads to a faster milk flow. Sometimes newborns struggle with that. It's usually not an issue for older infants. So I typically tell people to try the laid-back breastfeeding positions first, um, use extra nursing pads, use, like, the Hakka ladybugs, stuff like that. It's almost like a bottle. Like, when you tip a bottle upside Mm -hmm. down, because of gravity, it just drips constantly, and there's no control behind that. That's pretty much what I equate that to. Yeah. And it's fine. And, like, babies can handle it most of the time. So Mm -hmm. none of these are reasons to not try to breastfeed at all. No, yeah, that, that that's really not a big concern. Just it's, it, I feel like with those issues, it's really better to know that they might happen than to be surprised. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, the big thing, though, that I worry about and a lot of people worry about is jewelry. Um, and it can become a problem even prenatally because we experience so many breast changes that having, you know, most people have metal jewelry for those piercings. And so using an inflexible piece of jewelry during pregnancy can be really hard because of the breast changes you experience. And then we experience even more nipple changes postpartum. Um, Typically for people I've worked with 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 nipple piercings, I recommend buying a flexible piece of jewelry um, like silicone or something just to have it in case it is uncomfortable um, because that usually... Um, alleviates that discomfort. And then we have a conversation prenatally about why nipple jewelry is a choking hazard. Um, Because when your baby latches onto the breast, your nipple stretches and the hole that the jewelry is in also stretches. And so your jewelry can become dislodged. And a lot of jewelry, you know, um, for these kind of piercings is a straight bar or a curved bar with two little balls on the end that you twist on. 
Um, and those balls just, they come loose from time to time. Everybody with a piercing like that knows they fall off sometimes. Um, and that is a huge hazard if that's going to be in baby's mouth. So, you know, I recommend people take them out every time they nurse and that is a pain in the butt. And I totally get that. Um, there's also a theoretical concern that nursing with jewelry in can cause some damage to soft tissues of baby's mouth, but I haven't seen it. I have. You have? Yes. Okay. So <clears throat> with the metal ones especially, yeah. but even the even the silicone even ones, the ones. Um, your nipple stretches like 300%. Yeah. And the goal is always to get your nipple to touch the soft palate of yeah. baby's mouth all the way in the back. And repetitive motion with a hard object, even bottles, Mm -hmm. even pacifiers, especially the bulb syringes from birth can do this, but definitely a repeated rub of a nipple piercing Mm -hmm. can cause basically the giant equivalent of a canker sore. Right. And and it's hard to predict, right? Because all of us have different elasticity in our nipples. So whether or not the spot where you have your piercing is going to extend that far or it's not going to stretch, but the tip of your nipple will. It's just like our anatomy is all really yeah. different. It's going to hit different. Yeah. And, and you know, the biggest thing with this is like a canker sore starts small, but then mm-hmm. even if you remove the insult, you know, if, even right. if you remove the piercing, it will still continue to grow as it tries to heal itself. It's so yes, wild and it's it becomes weird. a butterfly shape. So if your baby starts popping on and off, um, starts fussing at the breast, is not taking the breast anymore, mm-hmm. please look inside your baby's mouth and make sure there is not a white butterfly patch of yeah. sore at the top of their mouth. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just in general, like, Having something that's less flexible and larger around your nipple makes it hard to latch. Yeah. You know? And those balls really scare the crap out of me yeah. for getting lodged mm-hmm. in the windpipe, too. Uh, hard agree there. Okay. Um, other random concerns are just, like, things I found while reading studies and case reports. Um, oddly enough, some <laughs> hyperprolactinemia and galactorrhea, so essentially high levels of prolactin and spontaneous lactation, have happened um, for a couple of individuals who just got nipple piercings but were not pregnant and not nursing. Oh, It was reversible, and it reversed when they took out the piercings. Oh, it's like yeah. permanent it's stimulation. Like nerve stimulation, yeah. Um, and uh, some of those people developed mastitis. Oh, so sure. That all stinks, of course. Um, and then I just wanted to note for – People who have more recent piercings, the healing time for that is not just a couple weeks. It's actually 6 to 12 months Um, and possibly longer if you got any – if you had any, like, hiccups in the healing process, right? Like, oh, you got a little infection or a little keloid scarring or something. Um, So it's something to keep in mind that, you know – if it's a recent piercing, your chances of having an infection there are going to be higher. Yeah, and, you know, you have tons of sugar in your breast milk, Mm -hmm. and it's a mouth that's touching your breast. So really, we we do have some cool things in play that nature has helped us out with. Like when you add baby saliva to breast milk, it yields hydrogen peroxide on the nipple. Which which is is badass. Badass. So, like, it is cleaning to a point. But, I mean, our microbiomes get disrupted all the time, probably because of this pizza we're about to eat. (laughs) 
I'm so excited for the pizza. <laughs> so, you know, it's just something to think about. If you're yeah. if you're trying to minimize risk to you and baby, you might want to just consider either not getting a piercing until after you're done lactating or removing it until yeah, you're done. Yeah, well, I have some recommendations coming up next. Oh, let's hear it. I do. Okay. All right. So what can we do to be safe and successful lactating with nipple piercings? Okay. Ideally, we ask that people remove their jewelry just when they start breastfeeding, just until you're weaned and don't put it back in. Um, It does run the risk of the holes closing, but it reduces the chances of choking for baby and infection for you from repeatedly inserting and removing jewelry, right? And it reduces the chance of you just forgetting to take it out, like in the middle of the night. If you want to keep it in in between feedings... Wash your jewelry and your hands. I know from all my piercings, those those pieces of jewelry get gnarly. <laughs> mm. And, of course, when you're taking it out and your baby's cluster feeding, you're going to, like, put it on the table closest to you. So um, have a system to make that easy. Like, have hand sanitizer. Have alcohol swabs. Like, things that you can sanitize that And you don't have to be like, oh, well, I have to get up and go do it over there. So I'm going to forget and not do it because that would be me. (laughs) And if you do choose to leave your jewelry in during a feed, please tighten the balls prior to every single feed. Yeah. Um, That is not ideal, but I understand it's going to happen. So I just wanted to mention that. Tighten your balls. (laughs) You know, and if you let your holes close up, that's okay, but do remember that the re-piercing process can call, cause that buildup of scar tissue. So, you know, like really just think about do you want that like do you want that piercing now? Do you want to wait till you're done having children to get it re-pierced? What does that look like for you? What are your priorities around it? You know, because I can't make that choice for you. What about pumping with them on? Um. So. <laughs> Obviously a little bit safer because we don't sure. have an infant choking risk, but you have to have bigger flanges if you have your jewelry in while you're pumping because it adds a couple millimeters, right? So we might have a less than ideal pump fit. It might get like, I mean, a lot of pump flanges like funnel, so it might not allow your nipple to stretch all the way down. So it can definitely be a challenge to pump with that jewelry in because a lot of those um, like tunnels that your nipple is supposed to stretch into are not soft, right? They're hard plastic and they kind of funnel down smaller. So it might restrict how far your nipple is able to stretch in there, you know. And, yeah, that and, makes sense. Yeah. And most people that I know who do this take it out while pumping. So... I came across an interesting question while I was looking into this. Um, Is it safe to get your nipples pierced while lactating? And no one's ever asked me that, so I thought I'd answer it. Well, I think this this makes sense because a lot of people experience new breast sensations Uh when they are lactating for the first time, or maybe not even the first time, that feels good to them. And they're like, oh, wait, you know what? Maybe I need to capitalize on this sensation. I mean, we got lots of reasons for doing this, right? Um, Maybe we just want to, like, actually feel good in our bodies again, Mm -hmm. feel sexy again. Mm -hmm. And we definitely are way overdue for doing an episode about tattoos and piercings, but I'm just going to give you the short version Mm -hmm. right now. Um, Frankly, most professional piercers are just not going to do this for you if they know you're breastfeeding. 
it's up to you if you want to disclose that It'd or not. It'd be pretty hard to hide it. Uh, I yeah, just imagine... You will probably leak while you... They're, like, <laughs> cleaning off your nipple with an alcohol wipe, and it's and like, like oh, sorry, drip. nothing to see here. <laughs> this has never happened before. Um. Anyway, so that's just, like, that's a liability issue for them, Um. and, you know, they, they have to be professional. Um, the dangers would be that repeated feeding or pumping would just cause it to heal improperly. I don't um, see how it couldn't. Yeah. I don't know if it could heal properly. Anyway, you have would have a higher incidence of infection and mastitis than from that. Um, and, of course, since the jewelry has to remain in while healing, ba- that's a choking hazard for baby. Um, so it's generally recommended that you wait a couple of months after weaning to do this because your nipples are different when you're breastfeeding and then they're going to change back again. Um, and that takes some time and your hormones are all over, you know, for a while. So if you're like, yes, I really want my nipples pierced. I just, it's perfect for me. Um, best recommendation is wait until after you wean, wait a couple months, but then if you've just now dried up and then you put nipple piercings in, you, you could have again. hyperlactation yeah. again. It's it's not this. common. It's not common, though. But you <laughs> it's could. Possible. Yeah. But basically, you know, you kind of want everything to return back to a more stable shape and size so that you can ensure you have proper placement and size of jewelry. So um, seriously, go to a reputable piercer who knows what the heck they're doing. Like no matter what you're piercing, right? I have gotten piercings from shady places and from really good piercers. It is worth the money to go somewhere where you feel, um, like you can trust the person sticking a needle in your body. So sticking anything into your body. Your, if requires anyone... the same level of consent right. in my book. Exactly. If you would like to put something in my body, I've got a couple questions and I'm going to need you to ask me right beforehand if I'm still sure and if I'm ready and if they have permission to do it. Yes. And then please follow the post-piercing healing protocols closely because localized infection, abscesses, all of that can lead to permanent ductal damage. Indeed. Mm -hmm. And uh, protocols have changed since I got piercings in the early OOs, guys. <laughs> like, it's not like swab it with alcohol 10 times a day. Now it's like realistic, like actually um, like science-based healing, like doing saltwater washes and like putting things on it that are not like mm. Vaseline. <laughs> wow. It really does blow my mind how... People experience nipple sensations so differently. But, and I I can't back this up, but I do have somewhere back in the filing cabinet of my mind that there is a connection between our nipples and our clitoris or the head of the penis. I believe it. And (laughs) I just feel like I've been cheated when my dermatomes were being mapped out as a fetus that my nipples (laughs) and my clitoris did not join together. So I am jealous of you people that can get a nipple piercing and like live your best sexual life and not miss out on an entire body part that could be a part of it. Like I want that for you. I think a lot of people, you know, just like with any other piercing too, like it's just an aesthetic thing. You're like, I want to add some aesthetic value to my body that like I have control over and I can affect whenever I want. 
Well, the guy that just dropped off our pizza, I'm going to guess has nipple piercings. (laughs) Was he wearing a very thin shirt? (laughs) Yes, and everything else on him was tatted and, like, super cool. should have just invited him in and been like, hey, ma'am, we're doing a podcast episode about nipple piercings. What do you have to say about it? What do you have to say? He'd be like, do it. (laughs) He'd be like, what do you want on your pizza? Do I get a tip? (laughs) Do I get a bigger tip for doing this? Do you have a baby that struggles with excessive gas, fussiness, colic, and general sleep problems? Well, I did, but then I used Avivo probiotics. Avivo is a pediatrician-approved probiotic for babies that's even used in NICUs on the gentlest tummies all over the United States. It is an amazing, unique product that contains a specific strain of B. infantis that we need to digest human milk oligosaccharides. That's actually 15% of breast milk that your baby will then be able to utilize, whereas if you don't have the bacteria, there's so much extra in the gut, which is why American babies poop like 10 times a day (laughs) more than babies that are colonized with B. infantis. I have personally seen this probiotic help my baby and the babies of many of my clients, and frankly, if we're dealing with any of these symptoms, it is the first thing I go to. And the best part is, it's not like any other probiotic that we would take when we're sick or taking antibiotics, where you take it every time you go through antibiotics for the rest of your life. If you give your baby Evivo in the first 100 days of life, it actually colonizes in their gut and becomes a part of their immune system, which then they can pass to the next generation. And this is how we make change, y'all. Evivo is amazing because it's going to safeguard your baby's health today and give you peace of mind in the future. Check out Avivo Probiotics through the link in our show notes. And enter code MILKMINUTE for $10 off. Okay, so let's um, give an award. Okay, I love that. Love awards. So today's award goes to Erin Kay, who is from our Facebook group. Hmm. Our Facebook group, by the way, is called Breastfeeding for Busy Moms and the Milk Minute Podcast. Yeah, and um, it's the shit. Everybody loves it, so it's great. People go there; they get the things <laughs> they need. Like Sixteen thousand people. It's it. it's pushing seventeen now. It's but it's you know wild. it's it's still it's not become the wild wild west yet no. of a Facebook group. No, no. It's still it's like, somehow very well managed. Very respectful. Yes. So Aaron says, four day work trip win. Successfully managed to get 115 ounces of Ooh. breast milk across the country through multiple airports and despite canceled flights. The hotel was super helpful with freezing my ice packs and milk on my last night there, and the TSA agent barely blinked an eye when he screened it at security. Glad to be back home with my baby, though. Oh, that's so awesome. Congratulations, Erin. Good job yeah. doing that. That's amazing. I am very excited that you did that. We do have an episode on TSA and flying with breast milk that yeah. we will link in the show yeah. notes for you 60, all. 65. Is it? I'm going to guess. I think it's You 65. don't know. I bet I'm right. <laughs> Bet me $5 right now. I will look it up after. <laughs> I'll bet you a piece of pizza. Okay. So, Erin, we would like to give you the uh, titillating transit award. Yes, because of all <laughs> the reasons that one. that name implies. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Good fucking job. <laughs> yeah, we're pumped for you. And... um just so you guys know, if you do an award and you have an Instagram and want to share a mm-hmm. picture, we will give you a shout out in our story and tag you. Heck yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks for listening to this episode of The Milk Minute. That was a great one. It was. It was very, very fun. Um, the way we change this big system that is not set up for lactating families is by educating ourselves, our friends, 
our children, and anyone that will listen to us talk incessantly the about all the reasons we deserve past it. Past me in the park while I'm nursing my baby. You know what, guys? You should become, I think, a $10 a month patron. It would I be great. I think you should. It would be great. I think um, we uh, we need that. <laughs> we, we might do this for two more years. Yeah. We might do it for seven more years. But um, with your support, we will. With your support, we will. And we love you and we're here for you. And um, I can't believe that we will never run out of topics. And I really don't think we will. We, we won't. We have like a hundred more at least. Yes. Okay. Well, um, if you want to request an episode, send us an email. Tell us about your nipple piercings, all that jazz. I want to know. All right. Goodbye. Bye. It's a mess.